episode of Blossom Down brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like there's a wedding, baby pictures, college graduations, engagements, you name it, they're happening. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby at A-B-B-E-Y or on her Instagram, Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, Abby Turner Creative. AbbyTurnerPhoto.com. Boys, back-to-back weeks. Who the hell are we? But we're back. Training camp is starting. It's starting to heat up, mostly because I'd left my AC off. But how the hell are we, gentlemen? Happy training camp week to both of you. It were officially, you know, it's that time of year football is back every time anything happens. But football is back. Uh but before it is back, you can see I'm wearing my orange Denny Hamlin shirt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No- that's new. Win number 50. I put up 10 fingers. I don't know why. I should have done that. But 50 for Denny Hamlin this last weekend at Pocono. People are saying he drove like a dickhead. I don't care. I'm celebrating. That was great. I've got a lot of stuff to talk about wedding-wise. But before I do that, I want to throw it to you guys real quick. David and Steven, late July. We are seven Mondays, or I guess six now, counting today, away from the NFL. We are that close. I hope you guys are doing great. I just, Wally, I want you to know that, you know, statistically speaking, that means that your boy has made 12,500 left turns on average in his career wins. So You're you know, absolutely right. Hey, what happens if it's right. a road course? If it's yeah. a road course, what do you feel now? Bet you feel like an idiot. Why? Because he hasn't won there, or what? Because they have to turn right at road courses. How has dumb do one? you feel? Has he yeah, won he's one? won one. Of course he has. So just subtract, like, Bring I don't proof. know, a couple hundred laps My guy's off. ambidextrous. I love it. Amphibious. Yeah. Sorry. He is amphibious. Thank you, Stephen, for getting it correctly. I'm sorry, what? He's not yeah. uh, ambidextrous. He's amphibious. Yeah, he people, wouldn't understand when it. People don't under, when people don't understand what uh, ambidextrous is, they always just opt in for amphibious. And then okay, I'm glad this is an inside off. joke. I was really concerned I'd have to leave the podcast Dude, after that. not an inside joke. It's called Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, it's called X. Speaking of amphibians, I had a weird moment, David, this weekend. My brother's wedding. I have to get... Well, first of all, shout out to Luke Shinsky's amazing weekend. My brother and his wife was an awesome time. Also had the worst hangover of my life leading into it, but we will get to that. What I was going to bring up is that... Shit, what was I just going to bring up? I'm losing it already, guys. Oh, my God. Uh, Wedding. No, David, what did you just say? No, Amphibian. Jesus. Guys, we're back. We're back. We're doing great. Long weekend. The guy next door... Sounds hot. ...to my brother has 20... Snakes in his house. And I bring that up because David, like myself, is a wise man. And we are petrified of anything that doesn't have arms, as you should be. Who on earth? A great guy, by the way. Great guy. But who on earth has 20 snakes in their own home? Not me. Not me. That, dude's just, that dude's ready to die. You've, have you ever heard like the horror stories of, you know, you have people 
snake owners that will like let their snake roam. Yes. And there's always like these horror stories of, oh yeah, the snake would come and sleep in bed with me. And all of a sudden I noticed the snake getting a lot bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden you come to find out that the snake was actually laying next to you and getting bigger so it can ingest you. You're not their owner. They, you are food to them. So no. Sna- dude, Reptiles I, don't think like mammals. They're not like us. No, they're worse. Period. They're more, they're more demonic. They're just, they're instinctive creatures. They do what they are supposed to do. And that is eat and then find their next meal to eat again. Yeah, no, that's a uh, I, huge no for me, dog. I just, here's the Ugh. thing, man. I, I have a love-hate with snake people. If you love snakes, then be a, uh, Wally, what are the people who specialize in snakes called? Uh, uh, morons. Well, yeah, but there's a real term for it. Like, I don't know. Uh, Steve like Irwin. A herp, a herp uh, I don't know. It's herpin anti-leg uh, guy. That's okay. basically Anyways, where you're at. If you're if you love snakes and you're not one of the people who specializes in breeds and like goes and catches them when people have them in their house, I'm out on you. You're a psychopath. But if you're gonna help society and you're gonna remove those rattlesnakes and those fucking corn snakes from toilets and fucking pantries and garages. I'm in. You're a value to society. Or if you're one of those psychopath Florida guys who just like jumps in the swamp and wrangles a python, you're a psychopath. But I'm in because you're helping remove those things from the wild. Well, they're pay- they're paying people in Florida to right. essentially kill them because they are what was it? A, like they're an exotic species. They take like over. A, yeah, it was like a boa, but they were unreleased and they're not natural in Florida. So they're released in the swamps. End up mating with the with the ones that are local and now they're coming out with this ridiculous breed and now they're paying people to go out and kill them. But no, you were right. Herpetologist is what it's called. That was my nickname. Oh God, I was going to guess. I knew it was herpa something, but I couldn't. Well, it's funny because I typed in snake. I Googled snake doctor, which I, I, as soon as I typed it in, I That's realized I was wrong. That's called a veterinarian. You know, yes, that would is. be what you would think. But it says, do you know what a snake doctor? Mosquito hawk. That's what they're, like, nicknamed, I guess. Mosquito hawks. I don't know why. I think you're looking up some, like, Native American shit. Maybe I am. Is that any less, uh... I was gonna say, is that any less validating? Uh, A a mosquito hawk is called a dragonfly. That's what comes up with Google. So, yes. That's what I have. Or devil's darning needle. I don't know what that means. Sounds like a snake's penis. Okay, now I'm starting to think it is Native American. Snake doctor, noun, dragonfly. You're definitely in some kind of Native American website. All right, fair enough. So, Wally, how was your brother's wedding? It was great. (laughs) It was great. Uh, The women in the Lukashinsky family, beautiful as always. Dad killed the speech. Brother held it together, didn't get blitzed like I expected him to. And I didn't make a complete ass of myself. So, it was a great time. Here's the kicker. On Thursday... We had our bachelor party for my brother, which now, now that I'm like 30 years old, I'm starting to see why people don't do it two days before the wedding. I was texting David and the Northeast Ohio buddies of mine at like two o'clock pleading for help because I had been 36 hours hungover and it was hardly any better than it had been the first night. It took hitting a couple pink nip, like pink Whitney nips and getting lucky enough that my body gave me 24 hours of like borrowed happiness from the day after that I was able to survive, have a good time. 
Amazing time, though. Uh, awesome. Small little wedding. My brother's now in Putin Bay, of all places, for his, uh, what, honeymoon. And good for him. He's going to be blitzed for the next few days. Him and the lovely bride. And everything's great. Loyal listener, too. So got to represent that. So what hangover cure worked for you? Any of them? Yeah, do that. All right, so I got, I can't tell you how many, even beyond uh, those texts, rubbing alcohol. If you smell rubbing alcohol, it sounds awful. No, 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 no. somehow. No, no, no. You smell rubbing alcohol, I think that would make me throw up immediately. Yeah. I thought the same thing, but at that point, you know, when you feel bad enough, you're like, if I throw up, maybe I feel better anyways. I feel just the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm willing to do anything. What, okay. What it, percent it of rubbing settled alcohol? my stomach. Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't know who these people are, but they had this literal like bottle of rubbing alcohol, not Purell. Yeah. What do you think they sell? Not anything like that. Alcohol in like fucking bags of milk, like in Canada. I thought I was gonna be smelling Purell when she told me, but either you way, at that point. You start sniffing that thing, though, it settled the nerves, settled the, not nerves, but settled the stomach is dying juices, and it helped me get through. But yeah, that, and, you know, as always, hair of the dog. You, you, <laughs> That's a hell of a you, hair of a dog. He's psycho. Dude, it, I really need, it was tough. I really need the percentage. I feel like you're not taking that part serious, because there is high levels of rubbing alcohol, and, like, I get the 90% and whole, because... I don't know. My mom taught me this. Rubbing alcohol in a cotton ball, running over your face, like every now and again. Oh, my God. Cleans that shit right up. Dries it out. All the dirt and shit you see after it. Oh, it's foul. But I mean, it doesn't sound like it'd be enjoyable. Like Greeks and Windex, baby. Rubbing alcohol cures all. (laughs) Yep. I'm starting to believe it, though. Because, I mean, yeah, like it was a great time. And I was survived because of all the million tips I got out there. I, I mean, you guys probably noticed, I was dead to the world. My phone basically wasn't in my hands for three days. So I, I just was like, all right, I got to just fight through this weekend. And today's the first day I can tell you I feel 100% since last Wednesday. <laughs> was that Wednesday. before or after you spent all day painting your, painting the basement? Oh, see, that was actually a blessing because I just told you it was freezing cold in my oh, basement. Wow. So I was like, it's it's almost dark. I almost have like a, a coal miner's like headlight on while I'm painting because I'm like, I, I want this to be damp, cold, and dark down here. But, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. Again, I know I ramble. It's what I do. David, Steven, I hope you're doing well. David, I know you have your own stuff going on in your world this week too. Oh, yeah. My, uh, my parents are getting their house renovated for the next six to eight months, so they're going to be living with me over that time. And they moved in. This I didn't know it was that long. Oh, I thought it was like that, a weekend. That was not the timetable I was expecting to come after I heard Me Steve neither. Eddie. Well, they're doing like everything. So that's the timetable that good I for them and good be. for you. Yeah. But uh yeah, so that was a, it's been an adventurous weekend, but everything's pretty good so far. My god. Mm-hmm. Man. 6 to 8 months. Mm-hmm. So have you bossed That's a fun house. So have you bossed your parents house. around yet? Be like, when you're in my house, you're going to do this. Not a chance. Okay. Not a chance. We uh, This weekend was just like learning, feeling it out. Yeah, it's like that first, what, show of like Survivor. It's just like trying to figure out if you're able to, maybe I can't throw my towel on the ground over here any mm-hmm. anymore. Maybe 
you know, it, it, it's just, it's a little weird. So, I mean, I, I feel like this is such an easy, easy question. Like, how easily aggravated are you by your parents? Because, like, it takes maybe two sentences and I'm ready to pop my mom's head off. Mm, depends <laughs> on the timing of the day. If I just got home from work, it's it's pretty easy. Like, I if I haven't come down yet, really easy. If I, if I'm, like, steady, if it's, like, a Saturday and I'm just calm, cool, and collected, I... It, it takes a lot. Wait, don't, weren't you just on vacation with them too? Yeah. All right, my over mom, under a week and a half that day, we're going to get the David text and be like, oh my God, I got another half it's, year of it, this. It's just going to be a text because I can't say it out yeah. loud. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> well, I, I don't know what you're talking Use about. Use this as you're venting. If you, if you would nah. ever need such a thing. Mm-hmm. Wink. I mean, I will, I will say. twice it, if you need help. <laughs> David, bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> see i don't know i i feel like i'm the other way when i'm around my parents i think i annoy them but david has a more normal human being personality which i admire so yeah, gonna be me i guess Kudos maybe uh, no nah, it's definitely it goes both ways here don't feel bad wally it's it's a both two-way street okay good well i i figure yeah you you come home and you're like let me tell you about this colonial house and how the ac works in it Maybe maybe they're like, who the hell is this? Kid? That's not my son. That's a seventy-eight-year-old man. Yeah, it can, it, as J. Cole once said, anybody's a killer. All you got to do is push them to the limits. And parents know how that's to an push all, you that's to the an limits. all-time quote. By the way, that's an all-time quote. It's well, it's like Norm Macdonald said. I I mean, I'm not a killer, but if you live long enough, I mean, come on, anybody. <laughs> it can happen at any point, any time. Steven, so I'm going to throw us into this just because you know any WWE fans out there, there's a thing called a handicap match. Emphasize where it is portion of this. That's true, too, but we'll, we'll let you decide on that. But the two-on-one aspect, it feels like this is going to be a trend in the next few weeks. You guys are going to notice this next week. Also, fun interview coming. But state... Of the NFL running back is the way I wanted to start this. Almost like a state of the union because if you're a football fan, I know that you have seen over the last several weeks, the NFL running backs are disgusted with the way they are paid. They are unifying. They're doing group text. They're doing like group complaining segments. They're doing whatever they want to do, but... At the end of the day, they're still not getting paid right now the way they believe they should be paid. So David and I are one way, as you would probably imagine, Steven's the other. Steven, I want to open it up actually with you. I know that you think that it's unfair that the running backs aren't paid more money. But what is your solution to it? No, and well, at the same time, I'm also kind of piggybacking off yours a little bit, so I'll kind of shine the light on what you have. But let's, I want to set the record straight, right? I think that there's this top three, five to seven that I think that should get paid, just like really any other positional group, except there's going to be a larger gap in between this. Now, I don't think everybody should be getting CMC Camara deals that we were getting a couple years ago, right? That's just unrealistic, and that's not, it, no one's going to pay that now. Right, But what I'm definitely looking for is some of these guys getting paid that 8 to 12 range. It's not a large percentage of the cap. And I get it that these players are easily expendable. They can be replaced very easily. 
And I get that. I'm not looking for every single running back to get those fat deals. But at the same time, one of my big arguments on this is the Saquon, the Saquon and Josh Jacobs is really good. We're a mill or two off to getting Saquon, to getting Saquon paid. And that guaranteed money is looking about 22 mil. So maybe that's seven points something over the next three years. That's not a lot of money. But for Saquon and offenses that need him to be ran through or need the offense to be ran through someone like him or a Josh Jacobs. I think that those, these types of players need to get paid. If you look at the other side, my argument with those specific players getting paid, look who they're paying at quarterback. Well, quarterback's a big market. I totally get that. These quarterbacks would be nothing without having these two on their team. If that's Jimmy G and Danny Jones, they're getting paid anywhere three times as much as these running backs. And I get it. But Saquon, Danny Dimes without Saquon is a nightmare. We all know that. It's not like he took a turn for the for the greater this year. It just so happened that Danny Jones had his best year when Saquon was on the field the entire time and the offense was primarily going through him. And then we have Jimmy G. He's made his whole career being a quarterback that can hand the ball off. You can't tell me running backs aren't important in there. San Fran is a horrible, is a horrible example because they have that carousel of running backs that they can always get. But look at what CMC did right when he came. He has been that step above, a couple steps above um, than any of the other running backs uh, that they had that they've had there in San Fran. What did it matter though? Why? Because they lost. Because they got to the same fucking place they did with Jeff Wilson and fucking whomever else that is true. running back. Okay, who's their quarterback for three fourths of that game? Get the fuck out! But of that's it. the I point. Agree. That's the point you're making. Exactly. That's why that they're is, getting paid. That is the point. That's the point. My point is, is that, that they running should be, backs they should be are getting, not valuable. They are, dude. They are valuable, but when you become that extremely one dimensional, when you know that you physically can't throw the ball. Oh yeah, sorry. Josh Johnson went out of that game, and they brought they brought in Brock Purdy, where everyone in that fucking stadium knew he couldn't throw the ball. So now they're invaluable because they know that they're going to hand the ball off. That's a, I think that's a dumb side of the You're argument. I understand that they're Shanahan offense. No. Let's, let's, no, no. Shanahan let's talk about it. Another di- Shanahan offense let's is another different Let's talk about it. This is the easiest problem in the history of problems. It is economics, supply and demand. As the NFL has evolved, of offenses evolved into zone blocking schemes because it allows them to have a prolific offensive playbook and it allows them to do it by not having an unbelievable offensive lineman and unbelievable running backs. And I like, i.e., you know, Kevin Stefanski, sure, the Browns have a great offensive line, but did you know who Wyatt Teller was before he entered the zone blocking scheme of Cleveland? I sure didn't. We thought he was like a fifth round, you know, Bills backup offensive lineman. And suddenly he's the third best rated guard in the league or second best behind Joel Batonio, who I think is a stud. And you've got Jedrick Wills, who wasn't even on the field all of last season and was replaced. And sure, you felt it a little bit, but they did just fine without him. And you get these zone blocking schemes. You get more prolific, prolific passing offenses. And you see that running backs can be successful no matter successful no matter their talent level. Like, i.e., who we had just mentioned, like Jeff Wilson or any of the other seven running backs that Shanahan has turned into, like, thousand-yard rushers and prolific rushers over his time there. And, you know, I, it's my – sure, we can say it's Kyle Shanahan and, and it is what it is. He's, you know, the best coach in the NFL, whatever you want to call him, Right. But it's not just that team. It's Mike McDaniels with, you know, 
Miles, and now who he's just got Jeff Wilson, and you know all their long list of running backs in Miami, and soon to be hopefully Dalvin Cook, whomever. But you know, I, I there's a long list of coaches who run zone blocking who have prolific runners, no matter the running back. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter who's in there. They do well. And to give you an idea of just how prolific in the NFL it is, let's rewind to, to COVID year, right? I'm going to give you three examples of running backs. Christian McCaffrey in 2020, who was the highest paid running back in the NFL, went down with an ankle sprain in week two. In his absence, the Panthers turned to journeyman Mike Davis, a former fourth-round draft pick on his fourth NFL team, who averaged 28 yards combined through 49 games of his career, came in, and he went three straight games, three straight wins for the team, three straight games averaging 117 total combined yards from scrimmage, which, by the way, was four more yards than Christian McCaffrey for the year. And then what? Uh, then how, average, much did Mike, how much did Mike Davis average outside of those That's three games? That's the point. No, That's, no, no it's he not. Went through, oh, so, but he went so – No, no, I thought you were – I, I, no, no, he did that the rest of the season until McCaffrey came back. No, he, he did. averaged. He went down. Yes, he did. He After went those. slightly downhill. You got eighty percent of the production back again in twenty twenty. By the way, before the season even started, the Jacksonville Jaguars cut ties with first round pick Leonard Fournette, and they replaced him with James Robinson, who was an All Pro, an undrafted rookie All Pro in his rookie season, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then move on from him for another running well, back that they drafted. David, let me interrupt you for a second just so you can catch your breath. This is D'Angelo Williams replaced Le'Veon Bell the year that Le'Veon Bell tore his ACL pretty early in the year. And I know that's a recognizable name, but D'Angelo Williams was at that point considered over the hill. He had been signed by the Steelers as kind of like a forgotten guy. And when Le'Veon Bell got hurt right before he wanted his extension, D'Angelo Williams came in and completely saved the Steelers' season in the offense. And like right after, his career was mm-hmm. over. Like nobody was like, I like we're speaking of that. Speaking of that. Speaking of back since then. Speaking of careers over in 2020 again. They took a first round running back, and that how that worked. Speaking of though, in in careers over conversation in 2020, Todd Gurley, who was again coming off a stellar season, got hurt, went down, and C.J. Anderson coming off the Broncos stepped in, played so well that when Gurley returned for the playoffs, they kept starting C.J. Anderson, and both players aren't even in the league anymore. This is like where, you know, unfortunately, we have found over and over and over again that when a backup comes in for a star running back, you're going to get almost all of the production back. Maybe not all, but enough to win, and you're going to do it cheaper, and it's not worth paying your running back. And it's just, it's unfortunately, there's a supply of guys who are young who can run in a zone blocking scheme because they have to hit the right hole doesn't it's not like Le'Veon where he's I don't waiting. even think it matters that it's a zone blocking scheme I, I do I think it I think it slightly matters maybe it doesn't but I think it matters it makes it, it easier I mean it might it slightly it matter but, but I'm I think, just saying I think that zone blocking team makes it easier for those slightly average maybe like just the average running backs that makes them better I think that's what makes that gap a little bit smaller which sucks for so the I, premier guys it, it sucks because they, they pop off 
And then you have guys that really should uh, – James Robinson who goes off for 1,000 yards, never a pro bowl or all pro for the record. Uh, but, yeah, those types of guys are going to fucking ball out. <laughs> and I'm, I, I think what? it sucks horribly for running backs right now, but you, it's just a simple supply of – you know, and, and the guys that are consistently healthy and consistently good, your Derrick Henrys, your Nick Chubbs, your Christian McCaffreys, he had a little bout there with injuries for a while, but he's, for the most part, he has been consistently healthy. There was like a two-year run where he just like couldn't stay healthy, but those guys have gotten second contracts. It's not impossible. You're just not going to get, you're not getting what Le'Veon Bell thought he was going to get, which is yeah. like a 20, 15, 20 million dollar a year contract. You're just not getting it. It's, it's your, the most you're getting is 10, 12 ish and even what he got in new york was good and no like yeah definitely definitely catch me walking back but that's kind of my point just that little i'm speaking for that little part of and i don't want to misquote you but yeah we're not going to get we're going to get 80 percent. not not every single person's going to step right in and get production filled in but that's the point i want to make those little guys those saquons those josh jacobs Zeke Elliott at a certain point. We saw Zeke pop, and then once he was, wasn't really doing anything, that offense sank. What we thought Dak Prescott was going to be sank because of that running back. Now, all of a sudden, we got Tony Pollard here. But, like, that Saquon, Josh Jacobs, my main thing I want to get in, get out of here is the reason that these running backs are, are in an uproar right now is because a kid who's never played an NFL snap is going to be the highest-paid running back in the league in B. John Robinson. But that's the solution. But That's, that's the solution. Be, but so unfortunately, so we, so they live through the gray area. So we won't pay top dollar for proven veterans, but we'll pay top dollar in running back market uh, eyes. Yeah, we'll I don't want Saquon Barkley at thirty. We don't either. But that's the thing: we're not even the top dollar here so low that I don't even think that Saquon was getting the same yearly as. But Bijan it's not was. low. It's it's Bijan is like he's getting a contract based off the market, based on when he was drafted. So the solution to running backs problems right now is unfortunately all the veterans that are whining and crying aren't going to get paid. They're just not going to get what they want. But the solution going forward would be to redo in the next CBA. You have to start with rookie contracts. You want to draft a running back in the first round? Great. You're, you know, running backs get seven year contracts instead of four with a plus one. And you got to pay them the way you're paying, like give them longevity and give them money off their rookie deals or give them give them you got, and maybe it's not that and i i know wally has some other ideas but give them you know you start it early get them paid yeah. as rookies and unfortunately that might make you that might make people weary to draft first round running backs but frankly i've been preaching you shouldn't draft one anyways and that's where the nfl's heading so you know we're going to get to a point where they're going to have to get paid through their rookie contract and you know, maybe the league gets back to a point where we're running heavy and you go after the running backs and you pay them long term. But right now, it's just not it. It's I'm just never seen a positional group more disrespected that's more prone to getting CTE than the running backs. And I think that's where that's also where I'm kind of drawing the line. It's like, okay, I'll start swallowing the pill of like they shouldn't be getting these high contracts. They should be definitely be getting like eight, nine, like anywhere, even take it back, like seven to like that eleven range, right? But on top of that, these guys are these guys every single every single down are getting to a car accident. Doesn't matter if it's blocking, doesn't matter if it's running, doesn't matter if it's running a you know, running a route like damn sit Debo Samuel was getting worked last year before Christian came because he was getting he was getting the ball handed off to him on top of being in just jet uh the jet sweeps, just getting popped every play. These running backs need to get paid simply because 
they're putting their body on line outside of the outside of the trenches. I would argue the first the most them and the linebackers, and that's who they're hitting every but, play. But they're if if they're if you're talking about guys that are that are not getting paid their second contracts, those guys are already on the NFL pension for life. They're already on medical for like you know for their life. They're on the NFL game plan. They're going to get taken care of. But now, but add a second contract with that too. That makes it that much better. I'm not again not even looking for a big one. Get them a second contract that can lock everything in. And you know what? You know what sucks. This conversation is not going to mean anything when half the running backs in the league get hurt in this off this training camp, and then all these other guys just get off the street. Like Melvin Gordon already got signed by the Ravens. Like now these now all the bad ones are going to start getting signed first. I mean, I'm I I get, like I'm I get what you're saying, and I do agree that. It is unfair, but it's it sucks because you know what? The running backs are the coal miners of the NFL. Like, it isn't fair. They do have the shittiest job. They do have the, the highest risk of, like, these problems. The problem is there's such a plethora of running back talent, and it doesn't matter, like, other sports where, or in other positions for football where if you start playing running back at 16, you can make the NFL if you are the athlete to get you in. If you start playing other positions in the NFL, it takes more time to like hone that craft and be good enough to get there. The problem is, like right now, you just had like for instance, Bijan just got drafted eighth overall. What people forget is Roshan Johnson, his backup running back, also got drafted in the first hundred picks of the NFL draft because there's that much talent at the college level that a backup was even able to get drafted. I it sucks, but like you can replace the production. As much as you might want that player in, why would I take or if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm a Raiders fan. Why would I pay Josh Jacobs a 3 or 4 year deal right now when all right, well, are we really going to win anything right now? No. Why not see what we have with Zamir White? Why not wait and see if you're going to be able to get another rookie? It's, it, it sucks. It's not fair. But it's the reality. There is a supply and demand problem in the running back community. So what I guess what do you suggest would be a would be a solution going forward if you know and as the as the NFLPA? I have one. And I tell you, as much as it makes sense to me. You won't ever get the agreements of it because the NFLPA is made up of all of the players, not just running backs. And my solution would be that you adopt a salary system. And that would be like, all right, you are, all right, teams have to pay this position group X to Y percent. So like, let's say quarterbacks are allowed to be paid anywhere from 15 to 20% of your entire roster cap space. That's awesome in theory, but you're also going to have to get those quarterbacks to sign off on getting paid less and having a ceiling placed on their spending where we're seeing booms in other positions. So you would have to almost get other position groups to agree not to take as much money because their brothers, their buddies, four running backs out of 53 men are not getting paid enough that it hurts the other four. Yeah, and, and the way that, that NFL work, is working right now, it would never go through because right now, as you see with quarterbacks, NFL teams are betting on the future and the expansion of the cap, right? Yeah. So with Patrick Mahomes, you hand him, you know, whatever, you got 10 years, 
$800 million, whatever the fuck he's making. But you're betting you're going to eat up your cap in the short term, betting that he takes up less and less and less percent over the long term so that over time you can continue to build your team and grow your team and have something strong. Uh, but you signed him for 8 to 10 years, whatever he signed. I don't even remember because it was so much. But you're signing these guys long term so that you know, you're betting on that future cap raise so that you can eat up less percentage of cap on this guy long term and with the way it's working now they're they're expending the way the nfl is now they're they're using running backs on to to get cheap and they're using linebackers to get cheap and it's worked out every year for the last 15 years that's why it sucks because it's worked Mm -hmm. that and like i don't know like i like steven do you have like a like an idea of what you would do, because like that's I racked my brain this last week, because you're right, it's not fair. I think we all can agree, it's not fair for the best guys. I just don't know what the solution is. And and like your X percentage, it's going to be good, and it's only going to get better because, like you said, the salary cap is raising. Like I want to say, the NFL I think distributed like 11 billion this year in revenue. Like Green Bay had 374 mil. I think is what they reported. They're the only team that can report that because they're publicly owned. So you multiply that by 32, you're sitting right about that. And that's and that's an increase. It's increasing each year. So obviously that number is going to be a little bit bigger. But maybe there's got to be a almost something similar, like a proportionate amount for each position group that you need to spend, right? So if you have like X amount, I need, you know, for running backs, it's like, all right, for running backs, you're allocated like anywhere from – I don't even know what a good number is, like 12 to 15, right? And I guess that for the sake of the argument, it's not good right now. But like that 12 to 15 mark, right? It's almost like when you see on Twitter, it's like build your perfect offense with uh, tiers of $1 to $5. I thought about that too. I like you know that you what I'm thought saying? that way. I feel like it's all, it would almost come to that where it's it gets a little bit corporate. It's like, yep, this is where your spending is. This is your budget. You need to hit it or you're going to lose all this money, right? So it's like, okay, let's – Parcel off how much money each position group is going to be, you know, allotted based off, you know, what the market's looking like. Like, obviously, quarterbacks, D-tackles, D-tackles and D-ends, and, like, left tackles are going to be in that high percentage tier. Right? Those, are, those are some of the highest paid. And then you kind of have, like, you know, then you start kind of going down the line. You have, like, your interior offensive line. You have other interior linemen that really aren't getting paid. Uh, you probably go through corners your safeties, and then you can start getting into the linebackers and the running backs, um, two of those really low-paid low, low paid positions depending on where you're at. So, I, again, that's a, talk, that's a way more crunching of the numbers than what you were proposing, but that's just No, yeah, you sense. went more specific. I just don't. I, oh, no, sorry, Dave, you go ahead. But that was that was more where I was at. I just I – don't, I don't think it would work from a percentage of position perspective because you – you know, 10 years from now, we might be right back to, to running backs being the, the – you know, pride and joy of an offense instead of quarterbacks. I, you know, the game can change, which is why, you know, it's, it might help now, but then 10 years from now, it might be hurting three other position groups now instead of just running backs or something like that. And I just, I have a really hard time with it, which is why I think it just, you, you gotta, in the next CBA, you gotta fix rookie contracts for running back, make them, uh, you know, you draft a guy, what is it? Like a, Minimum of a four-year plus one deal for first for round and second round picks or something. Like first round, I, I think you know. Second to for first, for first round, for first round running backs, make it make it six plus one. 
right? Like, like Ooh, get them more money what about, over time. What know? about, like, like for, extended. for, like, running backs even? And see, look at us workshopping. Like, I like the idea of a rookie contract basis because you're never going to fix the problem of too many running backs coming into the league. So you yeah, might as well get them more front-loaded deals. But why not? Ah, man. Oh, see, I'm scared that they're going to the running back raise, contract. Make fully guaranteed contracts for rookie running backs. Well, I, I like you know, the fully I, guaranteed, but why not do something where it's like it doesn't hit against the cap? Where it's like a signing bonus almost, where it costs the owner more money, but it's not necessarily going to hurt the team building, if that makes sense. Because that I, that's the only way I, you're going to get this yeah. to get signed off on. If you don't no, it's, cost it's, yourself I think wins. The, the only real fix is rookie contracts for running backs in the NFL. You're I, I, talking me into it more. And I just like, I don't, you know, I don't know when the next CBA is. It's God knows when. But I think that's the only solution is to, is to f- like structure rookie running back contracts to be either longer or to Wally's point, more guarantees or, um, you know, not a hit against the cap, and like you could give like more incentives. You know, signing bonuses, signing bonuses, bonuses really aren't a hit like against we, the cap. I was thinking that too. It's like, well, we can make them more incentive based deals, but how far down the road until now we have to make all the NFL an incentive based deal? No, because then somebody you're going to get some some dipshit owner that that or some dipshit GM like you know Gettleman who would incentive laden Saquon Barkley's contract to be like a hundred million dollars. And you know, he has to hit 2000 yards to get 50 million of it. Right. Like, like there would be, there would be a lot of, here's this 20 year old kid. Here's a hundred million dollars, but just kidding. I've, I've put the carrot well, so far out. I'll never that, get it. You know, that's a, that's attainable, but not obviously that they're going to get every single time. Right, you want to get it's like you know if you're in sales, there's different bonus tiers, right? There's one that's extremely attainable, one if you work, if you're working a little extra for you're gonna get one that you're busting your ass for, the one that you're just different from everybody else, and that's kind of like how that's gonna be incentivized based off. Again, now we're gonna kind of get into the weeds where it's just everything. It's just gonna be so difficult. We have just never seen a drop off from a position getting paid like this. I, you're right, but at the same point, like, and this will be my last point going forward yeah it's gotten worse in a term of like percentage going up but like Marcus Allen was a first round running back drafted I was just gonna ask 40 this. years ago 40 years ago first round top 10 pick mind you he played 16 seasons and he made just a hair over 14 million dollars who knows how much taxes gonna, it's gotten you're like, the it's, same way it's not good so, but it's gotten better well, what I was gonna ago. say is Dan Marino, Dan Marino in 1995 got the highest contract in league history. I'll give you a guess of what it was. Wait, in what like year? 22 mil. It was like four years, 20 million or something. That was like the highest contract in NFL history at the time. And 20, what are we at? 28 years later, we're at 500 million for 10 years. So like you're, I would love to see to Wally's point. I'd love to see what the percentage breakdown by position is because I bet that it's it's much worse for running backs. But I bet you it's not like I bet you it's like fifteen percent to like eight percent, and and it probably is a cut in half. But it's not as significant as maybe what the total numbers seem like in today's NFL. Well, like you know how we talked about when Daniel Jones got signed to his deal, where we talked about percentage of the cap. 
and that mm-hmm. matters. Like Daniel Jones is making more money than we ever in a million years would have thought he ever was going to. But given where the rising quarterback market has brought it, it's about the same. He's still getting paid like a what oh top 10, 15 quarterback will be in a year or two. It's just they're getting ahead of the market. It sucks. It works for quarterbacks. And that's also a bad example, too, because they're, they're able to get out of that contract super quick if they need to. Within like, yeah, that's I think true. They, one you're right. Two, so. But no. You're right. But, you're right. But that's a good example. Gentlemen special. Pay people a lot and hope for the best. Yeah. Well, at least they have an out this time. Uh, true. They're not, they're not true. just like fucking, I hope that man helped us four years again, at least a couple Super Bowl or a couple playoff wins. That'd be nice. Not to not to detract here, but I really thought Kenny Galladay was going to be a really great receiver in the NFL. And man, he that was good fucking, in Detroit. I know he was he was great in Detroit. He isn't got paid, and he, he just flatlined. I have no idea. Mannequin man, man, who knows where he you is? Want a, you want a good that man? That man like saw his money and went. I think Kelvin Benjamin's my hero. Yeah, if you want uh, if you want to have some good numbers crunch, why don't you see how much he made per reception there? <laughs> because it is well, stupid. he had. 43 catches in 2021 and 2022. 37 of them came in 2021. However, uh, yeah, so yeah, he had six last year. He had six last year. Uh, It's crazy. He's only 29. It's still crazy to think about, but his body just gave up on him. Like, would you rather would you rather pay Kenny Galladay that small wide receiver contract or a stud running back if you're bringing him in? Like, in the, like with that, I'd rather give me a running back because Kenny Galladay. It, it, it didn't work. Four mil. It didn't work for Kenny. Oh, I get what you're saying at this no, stage. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny Galladay ain't, ain't for playing a, another snap. He's no, done. He's in Detroit. I have that he's a free agent here. Oh, I should, I could have sworn. Oh, maybe is that maybe Marvin Jones went back to Detroit. Or Marvin Mims? No, I do. I swear to God, one of them. Because I saw Mims got traded for a six this week from the the Jets. Yeah, I just got an update that he made a one-handed grab, and now I officially came to that uh, realization that one-handed grabs aren't that cool anymore. (laughs) Marvin Mims is what brought you to that. I kind of like that. Marvin Mims did have a purpose in the NFL. But... Yeah, pure hatred. Our aneurysms were once again brought to you by Abby Turner Creative. Your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more. Especially if you're around our age where there's college graduations, engagements, baby pictures, weddings, you name it. They're happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself on abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. We're on our Instagram page at Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, that is abbyturnerphoto.com. You, you hear that? What? It's. Is it time? Oh, oh yeah, I do it. It is time. It's nine one one rapid fire. David's cringing, so we get to be excited. I'll forever cringe. We're trying to annoy him more than his parents are the next eight months. Hell yeah, we are. <laughs> Josh Harris Group is. It's going to be their time to try to annoy the DMC area because they officially own the uh commanders sorta we don't know if they're going to be the commanders long term but they own the washington football team smell you later dan snyder how awesome is this for the city of washington 
officially official. And like you even kind of, you even got to the point, what's the name going to be? Already have, you know, Josh Harris. This group also is going to include Magic Johnson as well, guys. Um, but they've already kind of come out seeking help from the community about certain plans of what they're going to do. Uh, I think that the uniforms are in question. The name is the big one that's going to be in question. So the fact that he's starting it off with opening it up to the community, seeing what they want, getting their two cents, there's no better way to start off as an owner. I am just here for the grassroots movement that I'm going to start of Dan Snyder buying the Raiders because, you know, Mark Davis can't afford oh, no. to fire another coach. You Joke's on you. in John Gruden? Oh, how <laughs> full that circle. Be the, the all circle, yeah, the all-time full circle. No. Yeah. Wow, your brain's working overhaul. I was just going to say because welcome, uh, Dan Snyder, at least he has money. But after it sounded like we were going to have this deal fall through, I'm just happy for Washington fans that it's final. Yeah, it might not be the Commanders, but hail to the whatever skins are going to be next. In all seriousness, fuck Dan Snyder. Oh, we're all on that side. Uh, I think yeah, the world th- is th- on that side. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, amen. We're on the right page the of whole, history. The whole world's on that side. <laughs> yeah. Alex Highsmith and the Pittsburgh Steelers Dog. agree to a four-year, $68 million deal. Steelers are starting to kind of look like the Steelers again, boys. TJ Watt. Alex Highsmith, Cameron Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, and rookie Keanu Benton, by the way, who I'm in love with, Wisconsin guy. I think this front seven can do something. I'm pretty excited about it. Look, it's unfortunate for the AFC North that, you know, a significant player on the Steel Queer defense is uh, getting paid. But, you know, it's it's great for the Steel Queers. But, uh, unfortunately, you know, I don't care about them, and they still have the worst quarterback in the AFC North. It's like the top three, and then, you know, as far as what's-his-face, as Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite can throw a football, then you reach Kenny Pickett all the way at the bottom there. So, you know, at best, they're winning eight games this year. Uh, nah, come on. You know they're going to at least at least be over 500. But, no, kudos to Alex Highsmith. I mean, he came off his best year last year with sacks. He had 14 and a half. To put that in perspective – Uh, He had eight the previous two years combined, so almost doubled it in just his year alone. I mean, he was huge with that defense and helping um, when T.J. Watt was out last year. So, fun fact, this move actually puts them, puts the Steelers over the cap just about $6.5 So, look within the coming days, the next week or so, to kind of get a lot of restructures done. T.J. Watt, you're probably the first one on the list. Minka Fitzpatrick, most likely. Or maybe there's some unfortunate moves coming out of here. We don't know. I feel like an idiot for bringing this up now, but I had to see if you guys saw it. Did you see J.J. Watt said that had it not been for his brother's like extension and making sure he got as much money as possible, that he was ready to sign with the Steelers? Yep. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like that Watt out. family needs any more money. What, what was that going to be? Five mil that he probably would have gotten right back? If, if someone goes down in week six, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Jimmy G is not on the PUP list ahead of the Raiders training camp after he passed a physical there in Vegas. Wally, your quarterback, he's in the building. All right. <laughs> You're still so getting I, used to that, to that wording, weren't you? To a degree, because I still, to this day, and we saw Derek Carr, his photos break today of him in the Saints gear. It hurt a little bit. It felt like a oh, breakup. Oh, I did see. How do you look? 
He looked. He looked good. It, it felt looks like, good. It's the black and it's black and silver, black and gold. It's it, oh, it's like job. when you see your ex is like looking really good with it, like a new guy, and you're like, <laughs> wait a minute, am I the loser? And no. of course I am. I'm a Raiders fan, so I know that. And people will find out quickly. This is a downgrade at quarterback, whether he's healthy or he's not. And now we've seen the the rumblings of Hunter Renfro possibly being out, which means he'll be traded in the next month or so. Great days to be a Raider fan. Yip, yip, hooray. Hey, don't worry, buddy. We're both we're both in the same boat. The only uh, the only other thing is the Jets' whites that they whipped out today are god-awfully ugly. How boring are those? Okay, I didn't want people to be like, oh, what, because Aaron and then I'm like, I've never seen, and I love the white unis because they always look crisp. That was so the boring. The Jets are so sick. boring. The helmets are sick. I like the old school Jets, but I'm like, uh, oh uh, my god, this looks it looks like a JV team. The just Jets get the mess. Just throw some mess jerseys on them. Call it a day at this point. Ugh, get me excited. Mess jerseys. I'm about it. CJ Gardner Johnson. He went down today with a no contact knee injury. Good news though. It sounds like he's going to be okay. Where the three of us were already throwing our pity party parade. Good yeah. news for Lions fans. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I was – like the minute that – who was it, Steven? You sent that that message into the I group first? it was first. Wally, yeah. Was it Wally? I like I saw that and I was like, fuck the NFL. I'm done already. Like I, I don't want to be a part of this shit. Exactly. Uh, but no, I, I'm i glad uh, – you know, Kyle Butson sent us uh, a DM saying that – you know, a tweet saying that he was fine and day-to-day or whatever. And that was like – I saw that and I was like, all right, life is good. I'm ready for the NFL again. Yeah, the NFC Browns, as I like to take it. Button, I didn't have the chance to talk with Brock, but Button's like, man, it is so rough being a Lions fan. But yeah. like you guys said, he is considered day-to-day after being carted off, which is huge. And uh, a joke that Wally said, okay, now it's Brian Brandt season. But we we get the, the breaks well. a little bit. He's going to have some more time under CJ, C, CJ, GJ. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised say? if they use him like JOK on the Browns and you see a lot more of him. And he's playing like a hybrid role, right? Like I, you know, Brian Branch is a perfect guy to throw on a tight end like Travis Kelsey or like you know your your George Kittles and and have him cover that tight end. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of them. But like the Lions, oh God, I love the Lions. I'm so excited for the season. You should be. Well, last thing I'll say, Brian Branch. I mean, they draft him as a safety and already slotting him at nickel. It tells you how much versatility that this kid has and how excited they are about him. Get excited. Giants fans get excited, too, because they signed James Robinson. That's worth being excited. David was willing to call him an all-pro 30 minutes ago. And Cole Beasley is, who knows, the the anti-vax king is also there. What are your guys' thoughts on this one? I, honestly, these are really significant, like, role-player signings for the Giants. I... They'll largely go unnoticed, but no matter Beasley's a menace to both society, but he's also a menace to <laughs> he's also a menace across the middle short of the field, like eight to ten yards out. That man eats, and he did it with with Dable in Buffalo. Like he quietly earned himself like the best slot receiver in the league title. Like you could argue it, but he was top two. Uh, you know, he, he eats across the middle of the field in like a short, uh, range. And, you know, we were talking about him earlier, but Robinson's no slouch. He's not efficient, but he, he can eat 
You know, he can, if Saquon's going to sit out for the season, James Robinson's going to fill right in. He's not going to do all of the production of Saquon, but he'll get, you know, 80, 90% of that production for him. And, you know, these are, these are significant signings and they'll go unnoticed until we get halfway through the season and then they start mattering. I think, and I want to say that Cole Beasley is one of those, one of those guys that was just a menace on third downs, like third down, I'm going right to Cole Beasley, especially when he was in, in Buffalo. I, I'm trying to remember when he was there. I think he was there for like the Tony Romo Cowboys back in the day, like the start of Dak. But I'm pretty sure he's one of those third down guys that Josh Allen always looked at. No, James Robinson, this is an opportunity for him to kind of revive his career a little bit. We'll see what Saquon does. We know how New York likes to use their running backs a lot. But maybe because now they have James Robinson, they won't use him as much or have his usage as high in the amount of touches. Only time will tell. Miles Austin and Coles Beasley are the same person. Miles Austin. No, they are not. Miles Austin's gorgeous. I was going to say, obviously, uh, you have different style players, but they're both forgettable slot guys to me. Where, yeah, they both were impactful and big when they were in their prime. Coles Beasley's not that. We saw him kind of fall off, so I'm not. I think he's forgettable. But did he fall off because Dable wasn't there? Oh, well, thank God Daniel Jones is there to save the day. So let Cole Beasley... Look, if there's anyone who's going to check down to the middle, it's going to be Daniel Jones. Fair. (laughs) Fair. This might be Cole Beasley's 1,200-yard season in the making. Well, I was going to say, what you're going to have, you'll have Cole Beasley... He's going to be like Geno Smith this year. Cole Beasley's going to have 75 catches for 475 yards. That'll be great. Yeah, Yeah, but he's going to have 70... Like 68 of those are going to be for first down. Oh, God. Well, okay. My favorite thing, and we have to be careful with this because I know I will talk too much, the uniforms. Thank God the double helmet rule. We got even more this year. All of these throwbacks are coming out. Vikings come out with the throwback dated on the 60s and 70s. Seahawks, their 90s are back. Best uniform in the uh, history of the Seahawks. No big deal. The Colts come out with a horrible black helmet, terrible alternate jersey. The Titans come back with, I don't care that it's not their team really. It should be in Houston. I hear all those millennials and people bitching like, my feelings are hurt. My team that used to be here is in here wearing my jerseys. But too bad, the greatest uniform in the history of the NFL is back in Tennessee. Wrong. And the, well, I know you think wrong. But Top then five. the Browns, who David will also be wrong about, unveiled wrong. an all-white uniform, which, might I just say, makes Chris. me feel good and ready Trash. to move Chris. to Corvallis, Trash. Oregon, because they look like the Oregon State Beavers. And I don't mean also that Trash. as a negative thing. Uh, so, Ocho Single, French Hall of Famer, Oregon State Beaver. Ooh, Corvallis. Corvallis, let's look, go. Look, per usual, everyone has elite uniform changes, and the Browns are the worst of the pack. Wait, ignoring the Colts, or do you do you yeah, actually like the Colts? You think you I don't know. hate the Colts, but at least they took a risk. The Browns didn't take they a risk. They took a risk, and they missed. Like the Browns day. fucking went conservative, and they missed. I don't know what you, you want. That's like, conservative. The, the, risk on the, the football fields. The Browns' uni changes are the same to me as that stupid color change, dude. It is the fucking Bears. It is the Bears' Why do you uniform. Keep seeing the Bears. Where do you see the Bears? There's Everywhere. 
There's, it is the Bears no uniform. There's no navy. Because they're a right. It's just brown. It's shit. Brown's uniform trash. All Colts right. is Colts is worse, but at least they took a significant risk. Yeah, uh, David is an 80 year old man when it comes to his Cleveland Browns and really sticking. I'll up give him that. The unis are fucking gas. Go That's over fair. There. Bring me back the 1960s uniforms. I'd be just happy. I'd be happy. I think I'd be ready. I need to see the. I need to see these now. But whatever you. Fuck. Well, they're the same. You'll see it. They're very similar. They're, yeah, they're Steven. very similar. Be ready. David was like, I, I'm. I'm surprised. This is such a conservative change. It is the first non-orange helmet they're wearing since the fifties. Which is trash. How is it trash? It's they, trash. They're buying these into are the, what the same Bengals exact jerseys, except they make them pop like the Vikings jersey. You know, David, yeah. go fucking drink your Milwaukee's best. Go listen. Go listen to your Frank Sinatra. Well, that's record. that's it's 80, Milwaukee's best. That's way below the man. Milwaukee fucking. <laughs> no, just go, you decrepit old man. Uh, the Vikings, I could uh, like. I just fuck fuck Minnesota. It reminds me. Of, doesn't it remind you of the Steelers when they got? Their box numbers back for their alternates, where it's very subtle change, yeah. but it's a it's a nice it's a pleasant change. But at least at least the Browns didn't just try to bamboozle us and be like, "Oh, oh I agree. This I'm off the Browns because they have a history of doing that." And That's they, why I'm off the Browns because I'm like, I, I he he's Seahawks, wrong. I'm gonna let him be wrong. Seahawks are the best. I've already been trying to shop jerseys. Uh, Seahawks are unfair though. Seahawks have the best color scheme in the NFL. It's like Ooh. really. I, I, mean, I, I like maybe the not the scheme. best, but it's okay. up there as the best. And there's a lot. Let's let's put it this way: there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot more things they can do with those colors than other people can do with their colors. Yeah, in like my the, opinion, like the all lime greens. Well, and people hated like when they switched to these new jerseys. They loved them, and they were starting to be like, "I'm tired of these old ones. They're washed out." And now it's gone far enough back where people are starting to see sense again. That. That color scheme, that silver helmet, that bright blue, ooh. Well, I mean, it's Jackson just like Smith anything. Jigba picture. After the it generations start coming up, it's like, those are sick. That's why people like to go back to the vinyls. That's why people are going back to CDs right now. True. Anything, that's why Champions making a, is getting rebranded and all of a sudden everyone's rocking Champions I just, stuff. I love Wally's obsession with the color silver because of the Raiders. <laughs> it's good. I, I love silver just in general. It's my... It's my favorite exotic color. But it, exotic. First of all, exotic. First that is not exotic. Is that That's a, not exotic. That's one of like the exotic. base colors. Shiny. Like, like pastels were gray, exotic. Gray, gray is a base color. Oh my Shiny, God. I thought you were going to say silver. I, okay, let's get to the I last love you, one. but you developed this love out of the Raiders. Let's move on. You think so. I'm sure that had part of it, but that, that was not the full thing. But what your- I was going to say, the best jersey of the bunch the Houston Oilers, the Tennessee Titans. Funny just, as that is to say, bring them back how, permanently. Oh well, and that's the problem. You bring know, them back permanently. The Houston people are all like upset. You have a football bye, bye, team. Bye, 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 I'm Yeah, like I'm assuming that's what Houston's like. Well, here's my thing. So I got to do what you guys did last week. I'm going to pull up this picture. You guys, what are your thoughts on these uh, uniforms? Because I got to the the road ones are my Oilers. Yes. You guys love them as much as I do, right? Yeah, I don't think they're the best ever, but I think they're top 
top five. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, you're wrong, but I mean, that's fine. You're wrong, but it's fine. Uh, Anyways, no, I, here's what really should happen. We should have like an NBA switch around uh, where like, you know, Sonic Seahawks. Holy shit. No, but like, no, no. What I'm saying is, is when the Pelicans gave up the Hornets name to Charlotte because Charlotte had been the Hornets historically, the Texans should go back to the Oilers and just roll with those fucking jerseys forever. But the problem is, is David, I've actually investigated this before. The Adam family that moved to Tennessee has copyright. Yeah, but like, fuck them. I agree, but they are the ones that control it. But so I think that's what happened with the NBA too. I think they like sold the rights or whatever. But like, well, if you can convince yeah. the Adam family to sell it to the Texans, Look, keep the you know, change the take history, tomorrow. take history, any any championships the Oilers won, any significant whatever, call it the Tennessee Titans, and. Just give me the Oilers' name back in Houston with those jerseys, and I'm set. Tell me now that I have this up. Tell me these roads are somehow not like those are to me Sexy. the best. They're so nothing hot. will it's ever like beat the powder week. blues for me, but those are hot. Well, powder blues well, are like, at home. Oh, no, he meant powder blues for the Chargers. I know, yeah. but those are their home jerseys. You said that's away. Fair. I know. Uh, that's that's you know fair. How, like, that's, a good point. that's a good though? point. The, like the, oh, the away creamsicles are pretty great. That's too. why I'm like the away oilers are even better than the home, and I love the home. See that powder blue? That that's an exotic color, Walter. Not, Agreed. I, not fair. fucking that's shiny fair. gray. God. It's shiny silver, baby. <laughs> Excuse me, but you know, Here's you know what's even awesome? Like you said at the beginning, all the um, all these teams are whipping whipping out these jerseys. There's going to be more. Like we still haven't officially officially gotten to Kelly Greens. Apparently, Buffalo has been in the mix, and I've been seeing a lot of jokes that are the Baltimore Ravens going to be rocking Browns jerseys as their throwbacks. <laughs> How funny would that be? I know they won't. Go for it. Hilarious. They like, should. I'd laugh. They got the all whites. Cleveland should do. <laughs> they should have a Cleveland be, game. They won't do that. Actually, though, the Ra- the Ravens all blacks are pretty sexy, though, with the purple with the purples, accent. Yeah, yeah, and like a little bit of gold I, we're too, all right? Because the eye. Yeah, we're all purple their guys. modern jersey is actually like really nice. Like their modern alternative. That's a that's a real nice one. Good thing we're recording this. You said a good thing. You said a nice thing about an AFC fight. Yeah, but I. But the True. worst thing hey, is those. You're a Ravens fan now. Okay, but but. <laughs> That's fine because I still hate the Steelers, who have the worst alternative jersey in sports oh, history with I the Bumblebee. I thought Bumblebees. you were getting ready to say the worst regular. No, no, no. the like, the Bumblebee jerseys are the worst in the history of alternative jerseys. You can't convince me otherwise. I tell you, yeah, what, but looking back uh, on it, that could not be any better of a jersey for that specific team with Ben Roethlisberger, AB, and Lev Bell. Well, yeah, trust tree moment. Trust tree moment. Oh, and Stephen, plug your ears because this totally has nothing to do with your team, but. You want to talk about another worst alternate oh, jersey all of all time? No. That brown helmet, blue Ooh. jersey, yellow circle. It's le- it's a it's a faux leather, and it's we for, should it's, have it's for the we should ponder Acme Packers. We should ponder top five worst jerseys in history in the NFL next podcast. I don't think Green Bay is a lot easier that. than the top five best. I don't think Green Bay is making that in the top. We five already numbers. did a top five best since. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like top five best to me. Is harder just because there's so many good ones. Yeah, but top five worst so, is way more fun. <laughs> you're right, but like the worst are gonna like I feel like they're gonna stick out to us. Like the ones that But I think they're gonna be some really surprises. Great. Like I totally forgot about Green Bay's jerseys until you just said something. Oh, they're burned into my memory. I lived up there having Packer fans tell me they were great for five years. Yeah, dude, oh, that's that's 
That's like uh, whatever Stockholm syndrome. You know, you just you're was, there and yeah. you gotta love it. And good you for know? Steven. Steven seems to be actually aware I that like, I don't great. hate them. I'm like they they are definitely unique and they are totally off the color scheme. But like I feel I feel like we've seen a lot worse. And I'm like, we get them once a year. Maybe this is why we gotta do it. This is why we gotta do it. They're boring enough that they can avoid a top five list. Yeah, I'll give that's, them that's that. A, that's a fair point. You know what I'm saying? They're boring enough. To avoid it. I'll give you that. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to an, an end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe on our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down, as well as retweeting on our Twitter, down underscore loss. Again, this episode is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative. Go to abbyturnerphoto.com and on our Instagram, Saw Down and Sapphire. My parting words, boys. I had a life-changing experience. I finally pulled the trigger after like a year plus of getting the screen door with the magnets in the middle. Wait, what? It is what? phenomenal. Wait, no, 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 no. Look, I'm confused what you're So you know like the back me. door. You know you have your screen door you slide. Go ahead and get rid yes. of that. You can get something that you like Velcro and stick to the outside of it so it takes up your whole door as is like a screen door would except there's magnets in the middle so you can split it. You know like the beads – Back in the day, when be people used to have beads uh, as their, I, as their I know door, door, and you could just yeah, I think I, that's I, what I understand the concept, but I didn't know this thing existed. Um, I'm still trying to like fall ah uh, a screen, so like the screen's just like a walkthrough thing. Exactly, exactly. So it's like connected up top and not on the sides, and you kind of walk through it. Yep. Okay. So it's like one of these. I mean, I'm, I'm interested. See if it can pop up. Boom. Okay. So you just walk right in the middle, and that's just a magnet. It is life-changing. I just open the door. Get out. Especially when it's nice. Let the dog out whenever she kind of just lets herself out or in. And, man, I don't know about y'all, but we've been getting slammed with some horrible weather, too, as the thunder just kind of rolls in right there. Yeah, uh, fr free ad to flyscreendoor.com. Good luck to them. Because <laughs> I'm we like, want dude. You know that this episode is brought to you by flyscreendoor.com. You're one stop. You're one stop shop marketing agency specializing in magnet, <laughs> magnet screen doors dude, and much specializing more. Specializing in magnet screen doors. Exactly. You specialize in magnet screen doors and both. <laughs> You're like, that's about it. Yeah. That's all we uh, do. Just, just trust us. They're good. They're really great. Yeah. Uh, use promo code. Uh, just door. found out for twenty percent off. Door, door for twenty percent off. Exactly. No more dough. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I have a couple quick thoughts, and then we'll be heading out of our way. We're two weeks away, guys. We're going to be starting our division previews. As you guys, if you are followers of the show, you know we do. As we head up, we'll be introducing two shows a week again before long. Too. Make sure you're paying attention to that. We will be announcing that before long, and. Even more exciting, next Monday, when you hear our voices, we will be actually dropping an interview with a fantasy expert, Dave Davenport. Did y'all just hear that? Holy shit, where Holy are you? shit. I'm in Columbus. I guess I'm right in the eye or something. Oh, I don't man, know, I man. missed well, that. that. It's fucking that was... sunny here. Jesus. Well, I was just going to say. I thought, that, I thought somebody dropped something in the background. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was. Oh, no, that's an ominous uh, welcome to Dave Davenport. That was like the Undertaker kind of I thing. Know. You got his play music. But next Monday, make sure you listen. If you're a fantasy football fan, we're going to have a bunch of questions for Dave. He'll be joining us. We really appreciate it. 
But otherwise, guys, uh, I only have one other thing for you. Is fair or foul? Fair or foul? I am allegedly at my brother's bachelor party. Oh, God. And you're at like a Texas roadhouse. The You're in a booth. And the booth behind you leaves. And they leave quite a bit of food. Is it fair or foul, foul. to grab the chicken foul. off that tip plate behind Wally. you and bring it over to the boys in front oh of you? Oh, my. Free meal, baby. Oh, my Free meal. God. You think that's bad, dude? I, I've got to tell you about Stranger Beer. Oh, God. An invention of mine. That's what is wrong people, with you? People leave beer at the bar at Stranger Beer. Buddy, you could get fucking drugged from that shit. A woman could have left that because she thought somebody slipped something in it. Well, and then imagine how great my night's going to be. Save a lot of money. Maybe that's why you were feeling like shit the last 36 hours, Bob. Whoa, oh my God. I already David this. I feel ashamed of myself because it is like an 18-year-old mistake. But we got back and a bachelor party got back at the same time the other night. And my brother's soon-to-be bride... Had a Malibu glass, like three or four ounces, in a glass, and I thought it was water, and I was desperately to trying to get water, and I threw it back, and it was that like a This is why you're an idiot. This isn't water. No shit, David. I've told you. I have acknowledged I was wrong. No, but it's you've you've created habits, Mister Stranger Beer. You've just picked shit up and drink it instead of going. You know what? That's not mine. Guess who's here? (laughs) Guess who's still here? I run this world. Nothing can kill me. I'm invincible. So yeah, that's my side. Hope you guys have a great week too. <laughs> so we're saying foul. Foul. Grabbing. Yeah, like dude. Yeah. Okay. A lot okay. of O's right. are being said in that when I say it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you're wrong. It was delicious. It's two v one. You're wrong. It was delicious chicken, by the way. This must, this is must this is this had to be how you guys felt when I was making my running back conversation or my argument. No, I feel worse about no, this. No, because yeah. I feel much okay. more strongly about if stranger fucking food and drink than I do about running backs getting paid. No. No, because Steven, I bet if you felt anything like I do, you're like, I don't care how many people are. I'm scared. Me. I'm, I'm scared right. how you feel because at this point it feels normal to you. And you don't know what's growing inside of you. It is normal. It is. It's the it's chicken wrong. was Wally, delicious. I get it that you're. It was delicious. I get it. You're trying it's to like people who pick up. All it's like bullshit. people who pick up roadkill and cook it. It's wrong. It's no, normal no, for them, but yeah, it's wrong. This, this was the equivalent is, of yeah. that scene in Waterboy when when Henley Winkler's like, "Oh, what are we having for dessert?" And they're like, "Squirrel." That's you. You're the one saying squirrel, and you're happy about it. If, if you could sell me on the fact that the reason I felt so hungover on Friday and Saturday was because I ate stranger chicken, I would be willing to at least listen. But because you haven't done that, I'm going to take as much food off of stranger plates as I can ever find at every restaurant I ever go to before or, or in the future. Until next time, we're lost of down. I need to get the hell I love out of you. here. Shut your mouth, Chicken at Wally. Texas Roadhouse is good. Damn it. I'm, I'm sure you, dude. And he was probably picking up. He was probably picking up peanuts off the, off the ground and eating them too. Oh, oh, oh! Someone left. Someone left one here. They didn't crack it all the way. Hey, yeah, you're eating strangers' food. What if they dropped it on the ground and put it back on the plate? You're just fucking devouring. You ever seen them? I'd eat it in front of them. I'd eat it in front of them.
I, oh God, I hate you so much. Love them cinnamon rolls. See you guys next week. You are so gross.